Hello, I'm Seth for Privacy, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Opt Out. Opt Out's a show where I sit down with passionate people to learn why privacy matters to them, the tools and techniques they've found and leveraged, and where we encourage and inspire others towards personal privacy and data sovereignty. In Season 2, we're taking a look at some of the privacy-preserving tools, FOSS projects, and privacy-centric companies in the space to get a better understanding of what they do well, what their limitations are, and what we all could do to help drive their tools forward. Have you heard about email aliasing, but not really sure where to start? This episode, we're going to sit down with Sun from Simple Login to chat about email aliasing. Welcome on to Opt Out, Sun. Hey, yeah, thanks for, for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to kick off season two with Simple Login since it was actually the first episode of Opt Out where I, I learned about Simple Login from um, from Henry from TechLore as it was one of the the tools that he highly, highly recommended. And I had never explored email aliasing at all or, or even simple login, um, but I have been absolutely hooked on on the service ever since. Um, so I'd love it if you don't mind just quickly introducing yourself and what simple login is for uh, for any listeners who who aren't familiar with you. Yeah, so so my name is Isan, so I'm living in, in France now. Um, so uh, I created simple login two years ago um, in order to, to take control of my mailbox. Uh, so initially, it was something I created for, for myself, but then I realized that it can be useful to other people as well. And that's when I, you know, I build the product and start talking about it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a powerful service. And I know a lot of email providers allow some simple email aliasing with like catch-all uh, mailboxes and that kind of thing. But um, I feel like simple login uh, just makes the process very, very smooth, especially the the browser extensions and, and mobile apps that make it easy to generate those aliases kind of whenever you want, however you want, um, and use those those broadly. Um, but before we dive uh, too deeply into simple login, I'd love to just hear a little bit from you um, about what it was that that woke you up to the need for personal privacy. Um, yeah, so um, so about 10 years ago, I worked for an advertising company. Uh, so I know quite well how to track people, you know, via cookies, via browser fingerprinting, etc. Mm. And so I kind of, you know, I'm always conscious about what information I'm sharing online and how to protect my privacy. But uh, uh I was really interested in protecting my privacy about um, uh, two or three years ago when I tried to follow the inbox zero principle, meaning that I I try to keep my inbox as clean as possible. Uh, and somehow I still see a lot of emails that are sent to my uh, inbox without my permission, uh, meaning that I, I don't remember giving them the permission to, to send me emails. Um, and I also noticed that I received more and more uh, calls, phone calls from unknown people, you know, trying to convince me to buy something. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, so 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 I see that my privacy is is not protected enough. And because I used to work in advertising, I know that um, our data is. Um, uh, is uh, bought online quite often. Like companies can sell our data to other companies, and they can use the data to, you know, to to enrich their data in order to learn more about us and to send us uh, more and more 
personalized uh, advertising message. Yeah, and you mentioned that you you actually created Simple Login for yourself initially, and then then decided to share it. Um, what was it exactly that that made you decide to to share Simple Login as a, a service that other people could use after creating it for yourself? Um, yeah, so um, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, so I worked on several products in in the past. Um, most of them fail. Um, yeah. Um, but then when I work on Simlogin, I I see that there's no such product uh, on the market yet, um, at least in you know in, in the way that that I want it to be. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, why not, you know, making the product a little bit easier to use, uh, creating an interface for it, uh, you know, and create my my own product, um, trying to build my my company. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed the simplicity of, um, like I mentioned, all the different platforms, but just, it's very easy to manage the the different aliases that you set up to see when the last email was sent to them, when they were used last, and obviously to, to very quickly and easily disable any of those aliases that, that maybe do get put onto a mailing list you didn't agree with, or uh, maybe a service that you just wanted to use that one time and not worry about emails in the future. So I, I really do enjoy how simple it is to, to actually manage the aliases because obviously that's the the key part of what simple login allows is for you to create those this email aliases that um, they forward to another email address or, or mailbox that you have but uh, let you really create or let you quickly create custom aliases you can use per service per account that you have um, per uh, subscription that you you sign up for maybe a, a like an email uh, newsletter or something like that, uh, but really, really does simplify that process. I've I've enjoyed using it. Um, but what is it that you would hope that users get from from using Simple Login? Um, yeah, I would say the um, uh, I would say the one thing that I want users to benefit from using Simple Login is to be um, less prone to phishing attempts. Uh, because I see that recently, like myself, I received more and more phishing emails. Um, and these emails, they are so personalized that it's very easy for, for someone, you know, to click on the link or to to give out their information. Um, and using email OLAs can solve this problem. Uh, because if, let's say, you, you create an email OLAs for, for your bank account, uh, mm-hmm. And someday you um, you receive an email from um, an from an e-commerce website to your bank account. You can know immediately that this uh, this one is, is a fake is a fake email. It's a phishing attempt, and you can be more cautious uh, when dealing with this kind of email. Um, uh, and because phishing is actually, I would say, the most um, dangerous. Um, threat that we have nowadays um, and be, being able to to detect phishing attempts is um, is very important um, so until now I see that email providers like Gmail or Outlook they are quite good at detecting uh, spams but they are less and less um, efficient uh, doing that because um, spammers they become more and more intelligent um, you know they they have more and more data about about us, so they can uh, customize the emails. They can uh, 
prepare a content so so carefully that it's very hard for for a non-tech person to to detect. Um, so I would say that's the, the most important thing uh, about using symbol login. Uh, and the second thing is uh, is is uh, to be able to hide our digital identity um, uh, because uh, you know advertisers they they use to check us via cookies. Um, but cookies are now um, I would say blocked by most browsers. Mm-hmm. Um, partly thanks to to Apple actually, um, and so using cookies is not as, as efficient as before. Um, so they they turn to use browser fingerprinting, um, but same thing applies here. It becomes more and more difficult. So naturally they will use um, like um, uh, other unique. Um, uh, I w- as a unique features about ourselves, such as email, phone number, um, or maybe IP address. And with IP address, we can hide IP address using VPN, but there's no way to hide our email address. If we use the same email address everywhere, mm-hmm. it will become our digital identity. So it's very easy to track someone from website to website with their email address. And by using a different email address, uh, for every website, it becomes much harder um, uh, to to kind of link together our navigation on on the internet. Yeah, it's one of definitely. I think the the underrated features of using an email asking service is like you definitely do get those advantages against phishing and against spam, being able to easily disable an alias. Um, but the ability to uh, at least gain some pseudonymity when using different online accounts because you're able to create those unique aliases for each account that you have and each service that you use. Um, you can make it a lot harder for them to, to correlate across those services that you're the same person um, and make it a lot harder for for people to, to easily tell um, kind of who you are just because you're using that same email address everywhere you go. And it's it's very much the, the normal practice to just have one email address and use that with literally every account you have online. But like you mentioned, it's a, it's a very easy way that that people who can get access to that data, like data brokers or um, uh, governments, any other company that's that's kind of correlating that data across services, it's easier for them to use that email address that you use for every service that that you have online. Uh, it's easy to track that across those different services. That's a a very important feature there, and that's probably one of my one of my favorites is just the the ability to create an account and not have to worry that it's very very easily linked back to me through the the unique email address. Um, through simple login, so definitely, definitely one of my favorite features there. Um, and I'd, I'd love to kind of shift and, and talk a little bit about some of the limitations that users should be aware of uh, when using simple login. I think probably the the clearest one is just that obviously when you send the email through simple login rather than straight to your inbox, like when you receive an email that way, obviously simple login does get visibility into that email. Um, but uh, what other limitations should people be aware of when they're using a, a service like Simple Login? Um, yeah, I, I would say like the most important thing, uh, the most important limitation about Simlogin is the one that you just said, is that um, an email is sent via Simlogin before arriving to your mailbox. Um, so actually, we can, you know, in theory, we can we can read the emails, we can extract information from the emails um but we, we don't do that right mm-hmm. 
um, um, so sometimes you can have a little bit of delay before receiving an email um, but it's, it's kind of um, I would say it's very rare um, so because of the processing time the, the average processing time on our server is less than half a second so it's almost instant when you expect to receive an email and if the email passes through SimLogin or if the email goes directly to the mailbox, um, they are quite the same, you know, just maybe half a second uh, away. Um, um, another thing about SimLogin is to send an email from the OLAS, um, it requires an additional step. Uh, you can not just, you know, write your contact, uh, uh, you know, uh, open a compose email and send the email directly to uh, to your contact because uh, in mm -hmm. this case the the contact will know what is your real mailbox address. Uh, so on SimLogin, you need to create something called a reverse alias for this contact, and by sending uh, emails an email to this reverse alias, SimLogin will send the same email but from your OLAS to the to the contact. So that requires uh, an additional step. Um, yeah, so I would say um, these are the, the most in, important um, limitations of using SibyLogin. Yeah, thanks for thanks for breaking those down a little bit. Um, I definitely, like when I recommend simple login to people, I recommend they use it in a similar way that I do, which is that I don't send like personal emails between people through simple login. Um, it's not really like the service isn't really designed for that as a way for you to, to communicate between people, at least kind of the, in the approach that I take to simple login, but rather I treat simple login like a way to, to proxy and manage emails from online accounts that I don't directly communicate with from like a newsletters online um, things like that so that I know they're just mainly going to be sending me emails. I want to be able to more easily manage that and control who gets access to my real email address. But then when I'm actually wanting to communicate with a person, I'm generally going to use my my direct mailbox itself um, when I'm not worried about uh, exposing my email address there. Obviously, in those cases that I, I do want to keep that private and keep my own email address private, I'll still use simple login. But I, I normally don't recommend it to people to proxy personal email because obviously, like we talked about, simple login gets visibility into that. Um, and so obviously there's some some trust there that simple login doesn't abuse that or, or read those emails or, or do anything with that data. Um, so I do try to minimize that. I recommend people try to minimize what sensitive info goes through simple login. Um, but obviously, like you said, like you, y'all aren't aren't using that data and you you have a, a very strong reputation in the in the community to to handle that data well and then be a, a really solid and dependable service um so definitely thankful for that um and then there there is also the kind of a an option to help with privacy when using simple login which is to to have simple login gpg encrypt emails between simple login and the ultimate mailbox um it is important people don't realize or that they realize that that doesn't again, hide the original email from simple login, but it does allow you to have an extra layer of privacy in between um, simple login and your your kind of end final mailbox. Um, unless you choose if you want to provide GPG keys to your, your 
email provider, which normally you wouldn't want to do, um, but it gives you some some extra privacy tools there, which is a a nice little addition that I've I've used um, quite heavily and and enjoy using. Yeah, I, I just want to to add something is um, um, actually it's quite um, it's quite easy to send an email from from uh, an email alias. Um, uh, so apart from you know receiving newsletters or signing up on websites without revealing our our real email address, uh, Symblogging can also be used for for business emails. Uh, so for example, our support uh, email address is hi at symblogging.io, which is actually an alias, and we got a lot a lot of questions from users every day, and we reply to them using this same alias. So anyone in the team um, can can reply using that alias. And, and and in our team, everyone use a different mailbox service. You know, some people use Gmail, some people use CottonMail, and that doesn't matter because all the emails are still sent from hi at simulogin.io. That's a really cool use case. I had not considered that at all. That's a great way to be able to share an email, an email address with with multiple people. That's fascinating. Yeah, and uh, another use case that um, you know, at the beginning we uh, we hesitated to to split Simlogin into two uh, into two different products. The first one is like really about email alias, hiding our online digital identity. And another product is for the entrepreneur community uh, to to have an alternative to the uh, Google Workspace or Yoho, um, you know, professional email service like this. Mm-hmm. So anyone uh, they can just buy a domain and and then using login on that domain and to create email address like hi at domain dot com or contact at domain dot com. Um, you know, instead of uh, buying a Google uh, Workspace um, subscription, which is much more expensive. Um, so yeah, so, so uh, uh, just for just saying that, Simlogging can also be used as, a, I would say, a live solution for business email. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a unique one. I hadn't considered it. I'm like, I'd only thought about it from the the kind of personal perspective. Um, I hadn't considered the the business use case there. So it's pretty pretty fascinating. Um, are there any other use cases that kind of jump out at you that that people might want to use simple login for? Um, yeah, another use um, another use case that I use personally is to filter emails. Um, you know if uh, uh, when I look at the the um, the destinations of the email, uh, I can know that uh, what are the emails for. If the destination is an alias for a newsletter, then I I know immediately that this is, is this email is for a newsletter, and and so uh, using that I can um, create filters on my mailbox. Uh, to classify emails um, into newsletter folder, into banking folder, into maybe finance folder, uh, etc. Um, and it's, I find that quite uh, quite easy to do. 
uh, and more efficient than you know than the default uh, email classification uh, engine provided by by some email services. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does simplify things, but you can quickly see which alias it's going to and have more control over the actual, the, the to address that people are sending into. It does make it a lot simpler to, to filter things out there. Um, let's take a quick break from this episode to chat about the sponsors of OptOut, CakeWallet, and Local Monero. CakeWallet is a key tool that I use daily as it allows me to easily and quickly use Monero for private by default payments. It's available on both iOS and Android, and is a fantastic way to get started buying and using Monero with a simple and easy-to-understand user experience. I regularly onboard new users to CakeWallet and hope that it will help simplify and ease your journey into cryptocurrency. If you're interested in purchasing Monero for the first time or helping to bring others into a parallel economy, I'd recommend you look at using local Monero, like I do, to buy and sell Monero while maintaining your privacy and avoiding invasive exchange surveillance. Local Monero is entirely peer-to-peer and is an important part of opting out of the surveillance state and into a parallel economy. Thank you to both sponsors for their incredible support and partnership, and I hope you'll take a moment after the episode to learn more in the show notes or at optoutpod.com slash sponsors. And then what what settings or, or features within Simple Login would you recommend that people take a look at or become familiar with when they first start to use Simple Login? Um, yeah, so SimLogin is meant to be, um, you know, the default setting in SimLogin is meant to be uh, suitable for most people. Um, so actually, there's nothing to do when you start using SimLogin. Just uh, click on the small icon to create a new alias every time you are asked for, for a new email address. Uh, and that's good deal. Uh, from, if you want to, uh, to dig more into SimLogin, um, the first thing I suggest is to try to send an email from the alias. So that would require creating a reverse alias, um, which might sound scary at the beginning, but actually just, you know, after the first email sent from the alias, the process is quite simple and kind of, kind of natural. Um, and once you, you know how to send an email from the alias, um, you might be interested in learning more about PGP. Uh, I I think not um, not all people know about PGP. PGP is quite you know it, it might sound scary because it's about encryption <laughs> and to an encryption you have to generate a public key, a private key, etc. Uh, to manage the key um, to make sure that the keys are not expired, for example. Um, but actually, if you use uh, email services like ProtoMail, everything is handled transparently, so you don't have to, you know, to install a PGP software on your computer, uh, generate a key, etc. Um, and 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 everything is, is is still the same. You can still search for an email. You can still receive email, sending email. Um, Etc. Um, and yeah, so I would suggest to use PGP as much as possible. This way, you you can be sure that even your your mailbox service uh, can't know what what emails uh, you are reading. So, for example, if someday Proton Mail, you know, um, 
uh, is bought by by a big corporate, uh, then we are sure that our emails are uh, cannot be read by cannot be be exploited by this big corporate. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a feature worth looking into. Um, it is very straightforward, especially like you mentioned, if you're willing to use the keys that are provided to you by good privacy preserving email providers like Proton Mail, C Templar. I think Tutanota as well provides you with the GPG keys that are used within your mailbox uh, by default, and you can use that key with that simple login if you want to again provide that that layer of encryption between simple login and your uh, your your ultimate mailbox, which is a really nice feature to have. And um, I hope people will get more familiar with using using PGP and, and explore using it at least as just kind of a, an alternative method for um, private communication. There's a lot of power there, but it is definitely not the the easiest uh, <laughs> the easiest privacy tool to use. But I do enjoy that that simple login really does simplify that process of of using it between simple login and your your final mailbox. It's it's very straightforward to to set up and and use there. Um, I'd also love to hear uh, if there are any competitors or alternatives to Simple Login, and then maybe what makes Simple Login better or, or unique in, in your eyes there. Um, yeah, actually, um, before Simple Login, um, there's a tool called Spam Gourmet, uh, which is an email alias service uh, that I think this one was created 20 years ago. No, so it's wow. not a new a uh, shiny tool uh, is something that has been there for a while. Um, and I actually like this tool a lot. So I learned about it uh, uh, by a Simlogin user who introduced me to, to this tool. Uh, and when I, I try out this tool, I really like the, the community behind this tool. I don't <laughs> like this tool itself because it's uh, for me it's too complex to, to use and it's and and is I would say it's too technical. It's only mm-hmm. for 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 developers for for gigs. Um, so everything is really complex there. But I really in, I really like the community. The, the how the community is support uh, support the tool, the forum. How the forum is is active. Um, and I I want to to build Simlog in, in in the same way. You know, being transparent. Uh, being transparent and, and, and do not hesitate to, to ask for help on, on the forum, for example. Um, so I would say Spam Gourmet is the first one, is the first email alias that, that exists. Um, and after Spam Gourmet, there's also 33 mail, which is um, another email alias service. I think this one was created uh, 10 years ago. Um, and is based on um, on something called username. You can have your username, and then after that you can you can create as many alias as you want using your username. Um, mm. I think this one is really easy to use, uh, but it lacks a lot of features. Like for example, you cannot reply to a forward email, um, so it can be useful for receiving emails. But if someday you have to, you know, to to reply, then you are kind of blocked, right? Um, uh, and after 33 mail, I think people mentioned a lot about uh, Anon Addy. Um, mm-hmm. I really, uh, so I, I don't use Anon Addy, obviously, but I really like, you know, the the 
um, uh, I would say the um, the vision, uh, everything about Anonadi, you know, is open source, is transparent. Uh, the developer behind Anonadi is uh, is quite reactive as well. Um, so for me, I have a lot of respect for for Anonadi. I don't agree on the on the pricing. I don't agree on how features are implemented in Anonadi, for example. But uh, apart from the technical details, everything else is I really like about about it. Um, and recently, we also have uh, a Firefox uh, with Firefox Relay that provides um, email alerts service. Um, I think it's very limited. Um, so at the beginning is, you know, you can only create five aliases, and I think the email has to be really small. Like the email size has to be less than uh, 100 kilobytes, something like that. So basically, you can't uh, attach an image in, in your email. Um, and there's one thing there's one thing that I don't like about it is is using. Um, uh, AWS, so Amazon Web Service, mm. uh, for sending out emails. Um, yeah, so I don't recommend Firefox Relay uh, at all. Um, yeah, and uh, and more importantly, I think six months or three months ago, uh, Apple uh, announced the High My Email features in iCloud, which is um, actually very similar to Simlovin, uh, surprisingly very similar. So <laughs> I see that they also use uh, the reverse alias features. So they don't name this feature like that, but it's basically a reverse alias so that you can reply to a forward email. Um, yeah, we don't have any patent on the reverse alias, so anyone can can use this. Um, so it's kind of, um, you know, um, like for me, it's a good news that Big companies um, like Google, uh, like Apple invested in these um, um, technologies because that means that these technologies can be used by the general public and not mm -hmm. only by you know the privacy focused community or by developers. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for going into that a little bit. I know that talking about your competitors is definitely a definitely a tricky a tricky part of uh of being a business around this. But I think it's it's helpful for people to hear about some of the alternatives and and hear what separates Simple Login from them. And I mean, like even the Apple service, I think is is it seems well thought out. Um, but it also is only available to people who are are kind of deeply entrenched in the the Apple walled garden ecosystem. So having a, a open source service like simple login that you can use no matter who you use for email and, and no matter if you use Apple or iOS devices or not is, is super, super important. So I'm thankful that thankful that simple login exists as open source and is, is such a, a powerful tool there. Um, and then I, I did want to jump into just a few different listener questions. Um, shot a, a tweet out and got some good responses. So the the first question, I think we touched on it a little bit, um, but just to, to get a little clarity, a, a listener wanted to know what logs, if any, are kept of users' activity within Simple Login? Um, I would say very little. Um, so our logs are deleted after seven days. Um, 
So awesome. all the logs are deleted, uh, automatically deleted after seven days. And in terms of logs, we only keep logs that allows us to investigate issues. So basically to debug problems if there are any. Um, so for example, we log what are the senders and what are the destination. Um, to and yeah, that's a, like the automatic logs by by Postfix, mm-hmm. uh, a program that we use for for receiving emails, which is also open source. Um, yeah, so I would say uh, we don't log um, much, and we log uh, we don't log we never log email content or even email subject. Um, we only log like metadata about the email. Um, so that we can um, investigate later if there are some, you know, abuse attempts or something like that. Uh, and in any way, all the logs are deleted after seven days. Awesome. Thank you for taking such a good, good pro privacy and really uh, data minimizing stance there. I, I wish that more, more companies and projects would, would try to minimize as much as possible the amount of data that they're collecting in the first place and then obviously have a, a very short retention period on that. So thank you for, for your approach there. I think it says a lot about simple login and uh, just shows that they are serious about the the approach to privacy you're taking. Um, so I love to hear responses like that from uh, from centralized services like like simple login. Um, and then the, the second listener question that I had was just, is there a way for... Uh, listeners to actually self-host simple login or maybe a service like it? Yeah, so uh, actually SimLogin is the first uh, email alias service that you can self-host. Um, it's based on Docker, um, so it should work you know, on any operating system, uh, on Ubuntu, Debian, Fedora, etc. Um, so we have a detailed guide on how to run SimLogin. Um, it's a bit long because uh, hosting email is, uh, I, I would say, is more complex than mm-hmm. that than just hosting a website, for example. Uh, you have to uh, to make sure that um, your server doesn't become an open relay, meaning that spammers cannot use your server for sending out spams. Um, so there, there are more things to to do on a on a mail server, but we um, we write a very complete uh, a complete guide on how to run SimLogin, um, and actually we are working on on making everything as simple as possible. Um, you know, creating a script that you can just run the script and it will install everything needed for SimLogin, like Postfix, uh, Docker, running the containers for 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 SimLogin, etc. Um, and and that's one thing that we that uh, that we add in every SimLogin client. By client, I mean like UI client, like mobile application, or browser extension. Uh, in all the clients, you can easily change the URL to point to your server instead of using SimLogin. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad that y'all kind of go the extra mile and and don't just publish the source and let people view the source code, but obviously like you you really want people to be able to to self-host it. It's something I haven't looked into yet, um but I do want to to take a look at doing that myself, so I'll definitely have to dig into that 
dig into that guide and and uh, just kind of see see the approach and, and see how feasible it'd be for for me to self-host my own. But I think it's a very powerful option that you you make that available to end users to to self-host, especially for those who maybe have a more advanced threat model and are concerned with any emails being visible to to simple login, they could self-host and, and work around that that kind of centralized. Um, shifting of trust that would happen there. So definitely thankful for that. And I will, I'll have to, to take a look at that for sure. Um, and then another question for you is just, uh, and I, this is a little simpler since obviously there's a, a business around Simple Login that you run, but um, how is Simple Login itself funded or, or made sustainable? Um, and then maybe you can talk a little bit about the the pricing of, of using Simple Login. Um, yeah, so, so we don't have any, um, Investor, uh, so Simlogin is um, revenue comes from subscriptions uh, from users. Uh, so we have um, just one premium offer, which is a premium um, premium option, which uh, which costs about thirty dollar per year or four dollar per month. Uh, and we have a free option that we uh, that you can create up to fifteen aliases. Um, yeah, so I would say all the money in Simlogin comes from users. So we have to, to make sure that Simlogin, you know, uh, always stays ahead of the game and um, is as stable as, as possible. Yeah, I love how, how cheap the subscription is. I mean, $30 a year, I think once people realize the, the power of, of email aliasing for for pseudonymity or anonymity, for uh, security, like you said, for helping to prevent phishing attacks. So there are so many ways in which email aliasing can be really just one of the, the most used tools in your toolkit. I mean, I use simple alias or simple login every single day. It's it's definitely a kind of a key piece of of my toolkit for opting out of the issues that surround email. Um, so $30 a year is is definitely a a small price to pay to get easy access to that, and and especially for those who who don't want to self-host or aren't technical enough to self-host, um, it's great to have a, a solution that's not just kind of price gouging and, and trying to to drive prices up. I think it's super reasonable and, and well worth the cost to me. Um, and for people who want a good privacy-preserving payment method, you can you can actually get a simple login subscription via Monero um, from a, a an online store that. I can link in the show notes, uh, but you can get that get a year subscription just paying directly in Monero, so you can preserve your privacy from Simple Login as well. Obviously, to to really minimize the amount of info that they have about you as well. Um, so it's it's great that there are, there are options like that out there as well. Uh, and the last question I had for you, son, um, was just how can listeners who want to to jump in and help support Simple Login. How can they how can they step in and really do that and, and make sure that that you're able to keep building out simple login and um, what ways can they help to to support your your vision with that um, yeah there, um, there's a lot of ways to to have sim login um, you know you can talk about sim login to to your friends to your family so they know about you know the importance of protecting their email address um, and how simple it is to create a different email address for, for every website. Um, for more technical um, audience, if they can, you know, um, help Simlogin to improve the code or to improve the documentation, um, 
etc is is very useful uh, to to us uh, because there's a lot of thing to to do on you know on um, in the code to to fix bugs to write automatic tests etc so if you are uh, a developer and if you know about python or javascript you know please feel free to to jump into our github repository and and contribute uh, um, anything that you can that you can um yeah so i will say or uh, if you want to uh, to have simlogin financially you can also become you know simlogin premium user that will also help us um you know to be more sustainable Awesome. Yeah, that's definitely one of the, the great, great pieces of, of being an open source tool and of, of choosing to to make that source available to people to jump in is anybody who, who has a GitHub account can go ahead and jump in and, and see where they can help out themselves. Or if they run into bugs, they can reach out and, and make sure that you all are aware of them. There, there are lots of different ways that, that people can really jump in and help. And that's one of the one of the beautiful things of open source is it's much more much more possible for people to to step in and give direct technical help. So hopefully some of the more technical listeners will will jump in and, and do what they can. And I definitely need to step in and do that. I, I haven't uh, haven't touched Yale's GitHub yet, but I need to need to get in there and see if there's anything I can help with. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely be be doing that shortly. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on, son. Uh, it was a, a great pleasure to, to get to learn a little bit more about Simple Login, both what is, how you run it, kind of your approach behind it, and um, hopefully give give listeners a lot more information about what Simple Login is and, and maybe what it can do for them. Um, so thank you so much for, for coming on and, and recording this episode with me. Yeah, thank you very much for, for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to, you know, to share, uh, you know, my thoughts on email layers, on privacy, yeah, yeah, it was great having you on. Have a great day, son. Thanks. See you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Opt Out. If you did, please take a moment and subscribe to the podcast, or if you're already subscribed, share it with one friend or family member this week. As always, you can check out the link to the guest content and contact info, as well as links to all of the tools we discussed in today's episode. Now get out there and opt out this week. Mm-hmm.